welcome to the award-winning show, Holding Down the Fort, brought to you by U.S. Vet Wealth. A podcast show that focuses on sustaining a fulfilling, a purposeful military life through conversation and community building. I'm Jen Amos, a Gold Star daughter, veteran spouse, and creator of Holding Down the Fort. And I'm Jenny Lynn Stroop, a seasoned military spouse, mom of two boys, and your co-host. Together, we'll converse with special guests from the military community and for the community to share knowledge, resources, and relevant stories on how we can best hold down the fort for ourselves and our loved ones. Now let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the award-winning podcast show, Holding Down the Fort. I am your creator and co-host, Jen Amos. And of course, as always, I have my amazing co-host with me, Jenny Lynn Stroop. Jenny Lynn, welcome back. Glad to be here today. Yes, and we are excited because we have an incredible guest joining us today who happened to have met his spouse in Virginia Beach, kind of like you did, (laughs) you know, Jenny Lynn. So I think this will be really fun to kind of have that commonality. But let me go ahead and introduce him to you all now. He likes to describe himself as Admiral, Distiller, and Patriot, Scott <laughs> Sanders. You can learn more about him now by visiting his website, tobaccobarndistillery.com. We'll get more into a story, but before we do, Scott, welcome to the show. Well, it's good to be here, Jen and Jenny Lynn. It's good to be with a couple of great people here. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to say that I was really captivated by the video that was featured of you and Colonel Art Knowles on CNBC. So let's go ahead and open up with that and how you guys have this very interesting relationship with bourbon and jets. (laughs) Actually, it's more than just bourbon and jets. It's bourbon and other veteran businesses. So we always collaborate, coordinate and We'll get into more of the business we get into. So I have a distillery and a friend of mine owns Harrier Jets, which is kind of wacky into itself. (laughs) And he was at a farmer's market one time and we sell a rum that's aged on the USS Constellation. It's a museum ship up in Baltimore Harbor. It's the last all-sail warship of the U.S. Navy because it moves the rum around in there. Mm -hmm. So it gives it a smoother flavor, really, really good. And so he said, and he got a couple of bottles of that. And he said, hey, Scott, you know, I own a Harrier. Do you want to put some bourbon on it? And I said, Arch, you know, that's so crazy. Let's do it. And so we probably, it took us two years and 10 months to pull off. We had COVID. We had two federal bureaucracies. We had the, the FAA. We had the local area. It, there's a lot of bureaucracies, but we, fought, we just flew it on August 28th. We called it 700 mile an hour bourbon. And I had several flight test engineers from Boeing saying, you are never getting that Harrier jet over 700 miles. And I said, well, (laughs) you know what? We might not, but it's for a charity. It's for Semper Fi and America's fund. So I don't care what we get to. It's called 700 mile an hour bourbon. So we actually got to about 637 miles an hour. We, we did drop the uh, barometric pressure about three inches of mercury. So there's a lot of pressure going on in there. But the most significant thing I think that will impact the flavor is we had an awesome Rolls-Royce Pegasus engine that was putting out 140 decibels of sound and noise vibrations 
for an hour that was three feet away from those barrels. It was so that's going to change the texture and what's going on inside those barrels. That's really going to nobody's ever done it before. So we'll see. We haven't tasted it yet. We're hoping to release around Veterans Day, but mm. November 11th, and we'll see how it goes. Well, yeah, I was actually curious about that. That was going to be my follow-up question. Like, oh, so did your very expensive and as mentioned in the video, idiotic experiment (laughs) work. And now I'm intrigued to know that you guys are going to actually find out on Veterans Day. Yeah, and we haven't tasted it yet, but Mm. we know the key fact it didn't leak. So Mm. (laughs) we were a little nervous on that, but everything worked out well. Everything because we're engineer, we, you know, we did a flight test uh, prep on it. So everything worked out pretty good. The problem we're having now is the supply chain. I, I don't have bottles yet. To mm, mm-hmm. so, I've talked to a lot of other small businesses. Everybody's having a hard problem getting boxes, cardboard, bags, mm. glasses. I'm, I'm having a hard time getting bottles. I think they're coming at the end of October. So I think it's going to Yeah. You know, I think this is great. And that sounded like a super fun trip. I kind of wish I was on it. Yeah. That's really what I was thinking. Well, it was a lot of fun. Because of COVID, we had about 100 people that were there at the airport. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it's at a little county airport. Mm. You know, people can walk to the runway and watch the tape. (laughs) Kind of cool. It's one of those type of places where a lot of excitement. We had a chase jet. I have another veteran business and they do um, 3D camera work. So we put a 3D camera in the cockpit right back here behind the the seat. So when we release the bottle, we're going to have a little QR code. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you do that on your iPhone, you'll see a little video and you'll be like, you're in the cockpit of the Harrier during the flight. Kind of cool. Oh, that's so cool. Wow. I love that. You know, as odd as this is, I love it. I think it's very uh, attention grabbing and all of this, because as you hinted earlier, is a way for you to promote veteran business owners. And so tell us a little bit about that. I mean, as a veteran now, or while you're in active duty, did you ever think you would become a business owner today? No, I, <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Once I retired, it took a while for this to kind of take seed. But what I did, I got up with some other entrepreneurs. And because being in the Navy doesn't teach you entrepreneurship, Mm. <laughs> I didn't teach you how to be a small business owner. You have to have a lean startup mentality. I mean, in the Navy, you have big budgets. Well, in a lean startup, you have no budget. So you have to learn how to <laughs> operate that way. So we took about three years. I have two partners that are not, not, one is he's former Marine, one is not. And so we come from different places, mm. but all business oriented. So we wrote a business plan and then you, you keep rewriting your business plan because the first time it's not very good. But it's the process of going through that and doing industry survey. And the biggest thing is not getting too infatuating with your idea because it might be a good idea, even though you love it. You know, and so we took three years. We, I call it stress tested our business plan. So we made sure that it wasn't just what we liked, that mm-hmm. the market out there. And then so after three years, we decided to pull the trigger. I appreciate you saying that, you know, you can't really be too attached to your ideas because, you know, working with my husband, who is a veteran, especially in the last handful of years, I've had a lot of heartbreaking moments of ideas that we had to move on from just because we're like, oh, even though we think it's great, the market 
could care less yeah. about it, you know? And so I and really- you have to have a thick skin. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, Scott, what I really like that you hinted at that I think is good for our listeners is you didn't do it alone. You know, you have a team, you have business partners to help you and to, you know, flesh this out and execute it and test it and, you know, update it. And so I think that is a key as well, because I think for whatever reason, even though military life teaches you to do things together, there's something interesting that happens, I think, in the civilian life where veterans often feel alone. And so I do like the fact that you decided to partner up with other veterans, you know, to make this business possible. Yeah, and I think that's something that does flow through about, I work, and I'll I'll talk about some of the other veteran businesses we work with, because there's a lot of them. There's no rhyme or reason to them. We always try to find a way. And worst thing we do, we try it once. And if it doesn't work, then we don't do it again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're doing a business, you don't want to get, you know, it's kind of like, you don't want anybody else to tell your baby's ugly type of thing. (laughs) So you have to be hard-nosed about that. But then once you're in business and doing things, just try something. And mm-hmm. they're almost the reverse when you, okay, let's try it once. We'll do a minimum viable product to see if it works. And if it does work, we'll either, we'll figure out how to scale up or do it there. And if it doesn't work, okay, no harm, no foul. It was, we just tried it once type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I know that you mentioned that the Navy doesn't necessarily teach you how to be an entrepreneur, but do you feel like there's anything that did translate, you know, from your service to the business that you do today? Oh, yeah, you know, it does. And, and it teaches you entrepreneurship, but in a different way. Mm. I mean, we took three years. That's a long time. And you shouldn't take that long. I had two reasons for taking that long time. The first was, it takes about 14 or 16 months to get a federal alcohol license. <laughs> oh, fun fact. I just, yeah, it takes a long time. And the second thing was, I told my partners, we kind of decided to do it, but I said, I'm going to wait until I retire because I don't want to have to go through the legal review mm. for Admiral to own a distillery while I'm on active duty. So <laughs> I retired in late in 2013 and we started this in 2014. So that was kind of why it was so long. I think if you're going to do a robust, you know, business model and business plan, you need to take your time. That's not a six-week endeavor, but it sure doesn't have to be three years. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Jenny Lynn, I know that often as a military spouse, you often run into a lot of military spouse entrepreneurs, but you yourself are one of the people I like to consider very fortunate to have employment. But in addition to that, though, like the work that you do is about, in a way, it is entrepreneurial because you're helping the company you work for expand and open up different clinics in different areas. So I'm curious if you have any thoughts about, you know, what that's like to help, you know, the company you work for to expand. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's interesting listening to Scott talk about like what the military teaches. I mean, we're staring down the last couple of years of my husband's active duty time and I'm going, hmm, what is he going to come out with? <laughs> like, Where do we go from here? You know, because... Like you said, I mean, in some ways I do know that as an outreach coordinator for a large organization, like I have to be entrepreneurial in spirit because I'm constantly going out looking for new partners and new ways to get the word out. And in other ways, like that word freaks me out to no end because I come from like a very structured background. Like I have a master's in elementary education. We use a lesson plan and books and it's all very like, here's what you teach and here's how, you know. 
So to move into like the mental health field where there's still a lot of stigma that a lot of my job is around breaking that stigma and like getting the word out about the good services we offer, you know, has taken more of that entrepreneurial spirit that I didn't realize I had. And I'm grateful to be in a space where like that is becoming such a huge thing in the military spouse world. I am so excited to see like the amount of military spouse and veteran businesses like popping up and doing well. I think it speaks highly of our community as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. And Jen, um, Glenn, I'd like to mention something on mental health and stigma around that. You know, I've seen a lot of that from PTSD to spouse and other things. And we're not there yet, but I think we're getting better. And I think that's one of the things that, that I think the military, you know, we're not afraid to kind of go bring up topics that are hard to discuss about. And that so, is absolutely my it's hope. It's touched us all. It's <laughs> yes. touched us all. We're not there yet, but I think, I think we're, we've made great progress. I would agree. Just in the time that my husband's been in service and we've done the things that we've done as a family, I have seen a large shift and am continually hopeful that we continue to shift to even better practices within the military community. Yeah, wonderful. I want to talk about sort of your passion, Scott, when it comes to working with other veteran business owners. And then we can also get into like the tips into startup. Yeah, I have consciously gone out of the way to partner up with other veteran businesses. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time it's the spouse because (laughs) the veteran's gone. And so like there's a great company near me now. It's called Semper Savage. Yeah. I know them. Yes, I you know I, them. I, you yeah. dressings. Yes, they've been on yeah. our show. Oh my gosh. Okay, go on. <laughs> Aren't they awesome? Yes. So they take a used bourbon barrel and put their balsamic vinegar in it. Yeah. And you know, you have to let it age well, but it pulls the bourbon out of the staves. And they've created this really cool product. And so again, getting to the hey, try it and see if it works. So they did it a little wonky the first time mm-hmm. because I mean they were they did a video, they're in their basement, there's plastic sheets all over the place and you're putting stuff in there. And so I think they made a badge just to see if it worked. And you know, it'd take six or nine months to do it. And oh my gosh, does that taste good? It's beautiful. It just has a really good flavor, but their process and the way they made it, you can't sell it. Mm. So you have, you know, because it wasn't in a commercial kitchen and that environment type of thing. So they said, hey, Scott, can we get another barrel? <laughs> so I said, yeah, we're going to, so we're going to do this again. So some of it just helping other people out and, and they're willing to experiment and see what works. If, if it doesn't work, they never would have made anymore, you know? Yeah. And so that's when I was talking about going there. There's another, we're a farm. So we grow the corn. We make our bourbon and whiskey from. Mm-hmm. So we have, there's a lot of veteran farmers here and veteran farmers, there's not a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And so some of them grow stuff. I got a friend who he uh, does organic vegetables and some berries and stuff. Another one does goats and chickens. And then there's other people that have pigs and you make bacon from pigs and that goes great with bourbon. So he wow. went and got a USDA approved recipe to make bourbon bacon. <laughs> so he Oh, wow. Takes it until you have to take it to a USDA certified place. He has this recipe. 
And so now we have bourbon bacon. It has our logo on there and, and Bowling Green Farm on it. It's, it's awesome. That's incredible. So sometimes I'm not sure what we're doing, but okay, because I don't know anything about pigs and slaughterhouses. You know what I like about hearing you talk, Scott, is it gets me to think about how I've really approached our show here at Holding Down the Fort, where, you know, I want to collaborate with people I have good chemistry with, you know? And so like Jenny Lynn, initially when she wanted to become a co-host, I was kind of like, oh, well, let's see how this goes. And and luckily it's worked out for us. Here we are like a year and a half later, you know, doing this show together. And what we do is we naturally bring up people in our network to be on the show. Like I bring on past guests, she brings people in her community. And I think it's just really made such good conversation on conversations on the show. And so all that being said, I, I like how you, you know, work with veterans. Uh, and more importantly, you figure it out together. <laughs> you know, it's just very much yeah. like, oh, you guys seem cool. Well, I want to support you. Let's just see what <laughs> we can make of it. And so here you are, bourbon bacon later, and even working with Semper Savage, I think is amazing. And I think speaks to the spirit of our military community of supporting one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have a myriad of businesses. So it's, they're not just food. There's a veteran-run bed and breakfast near us that we, we work things with. I was looking down at my list over here. There's an oyster guy. who He, he farms oysters. Wow. And, in fact, with you, you just gave me a great idea, Jen. I'm going to add you in this list. So. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, so we're in agriculture. And, again, there's not many veteran farmers. It, it's mm-hmm. a very, very small minority. Mm-hmm. And so we're getting ready to put in a, a proposal to do co-branding within the agriculture sector of for other veteran businesses because it's about promoting other veteran businesses. Right. And one of the pieces, it doesn't have to, our, we're the agriculture end because we grow the corn, we make the bourbon, but then it's how do you co-brand with other people? And one of the things in there I saw from a past recipient was they did a podcast. So maybe I'll get Jen and Jenny Lynn, you'll be my partners in this, and we'll do some veteran podcasts. It won't be every, you know, it'll be once in a while, that type of thing there. Because that's how these things kind of pop up. It's a, I just think these, okay, hey, this might work out here. Right. Well, and, uh, first of all, I have to pass Jenny Lynn's approval list to be a co-host <laughs> once, in a, once a quarter. <laughs> Jenny we'll Lynn? You, you, can decide after, you can decide after this if you want to have me on. Yeah. So far, so good. You're passing the test okay. thus far, sir. <laughs> yeah. But I just have to know, like, why bourbon? Like, out of all the things, like, why bourbon? You showed us a picture offline that obviously our listeners can't see, but I mean, after all those years in the Navy, why corn and bourbon? Because it's the American spirit by law. So mm. for those who don't know, bourbon has to be made a minimum of 51% corn. So it's an American grain. It can be more than that, but it has to be a minimum 51, and then the rest can be, just has to be a cereal grain, rye, wheat, barley, something like that. And then the, and then just water and a new charred barrel every time. So it's the purest expression of a whiskey. And you can't put any coloring, flavoring, additives, nonsense in there. So it's, you know, it's a very pure product. If you go to Scotland, they have scotch, so that has to be made in Scotland. Bourbon has to be made in America. Irish whiskey has to be made in Ireland. You know, Japanese whiskey. So everybody has their own thing. This is ours. And I used to be a scotch drinker. In fact, I still am. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with scotch. 
But the picture I showed you both before when I was commanded the International Counter Piracy Task Force off Somalia, I used to hand out bottles of bourbon. And mm-hmm. because the dirty little secret is the Navy's a bunch of cheapskates. And I would hand out, you know, they, they gave me a ship's ball cap or something. So I'd, I'd be handing these out and I'd be meeting an ambassador or somebody and they'd be handing me something out of a museum or the Ming dynasty, you know, so I'm getting this very expensive gift and I have a ship's ball cap. So, uh, you know, the USS Anzio. <laughs> and so I was completely embarrassed. So we luckily had a port call. Uh, and I went into just out of my own pocket. I bought three cases of bourbon and uh, I was the most popular date in the Gulf of Aden for six months. <laughs> nice. So as I was telling you, i had been on Chinese warships three times. Not many American admirals have. And I'm nobody special. It's just because Admiral Wang wanted another bottle of bourbon. <laughs> I mean, I've been on Russian ships. I've been everybody from NATO. I mean, I was on a different ship probably every five days. Wow. But also, it's like good food, good drink, good wine. It's a great way to start a conversation. I got so much help out of my international partners fighting piracy. It ended up helping the mission. I mean, it really did. So my meager investment in three cases of bourbon really paid off. I mean, we did, we, it, it worked out awesome. I met people, got things done. I, I talk about Admiral Wang all the time. I mean, China and the U.S. don't have the best of relationships. And we, you know, back then, but well, we're fighting piracy. So it's about keeping the waterways safe for merchant merit and those type of things. He would launch helicopters for me. I got him to do things, you know, which nobody thought they would do. I mean, so it's about sharing I did share bourbon, and the other thing I shared was chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> everybody yeah, loves chocolate. And if you ever, if you're ever on a Navy ship, I mean, the mess cooks on Navy ships are awesome. And if you say, I, "Hey, say, hey, I would like to share some of your chocolate chip cookies with the <laughs> Chinese admiral," can you make me a really good batch? <laughs> You'll get some really good cookies. <laughs> Probably better cookies than I ever got. <laughs> bourbon and chocolate chip cookies. I love it. <laughs> He's right though. Those CSs on ships, they are legit. Excellent. Some of the best there. cookies I've ever had came out of the CS shop on USS George H.W. Bush. Yeah. And we created a trend. So people would, they wanted to keep up with what, because after a while, these gifts at their nation, they weren't as good because I'd give them bourbon and chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> so now they had, so from uh, the Pakistanis went down, they sent a helicopter with, I don't know how many, a uh, big, you know, four foot tray. It took up the entire backseat of the helicopter of uh, chicken barani. Oh my gosh. And that, it probably fed 50 people of my crew. <laughs> and then, and then we would get the Japanese ships. I taught them how to fish for yellowfin tuna in the Gulf of Aden. And I gave them three fishing poles from the MWR. And so we did that and they returned, you know, <laughs> some of the best Japanese food I ever ate. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. I don't think any of it was cooked, but boy, was it delicious. I love it. So uh, Jenny Lynn, does that answer your question as to why bourbon? <laughs> it does. I love that it's the all American thing. I mean, please, like we are 
all American red, white, and blue threw up all over our house as they come. So, you know, we love baseball. We love chocolate chip cookies. And I love that you really went into like the American entrepreneurial spirit. I think that's super fun. Yeah. And you know, at the time, reflecting back, I think I was being entrepreneurial. At the time, I didn't think that was. So I think being in the military, no matter what you're doing, there's some kind of muscle memory that you develop in the military that is entrepreneurial. It's just, you know, you're not taught, you're not taught that that it's way, but that's how it works. So was it a hard shift though, to go from being an admiral, doing all the, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies you were doing in the Gulf of Aden to, you know, now being like a gentleman farmer and distilling bourbon? Like, how did that look for you? And what was your like family shift? Like, as I said, we're a couple of years out from like shifting out of this. Well, I think what um, I did not have a hard shift is I've been married almost 40 years. So my wife never got caught up in all the old Admiral stuff. So I was always just that guy over there anyways. So <laughs> when I took off the uniform, I was just Jane's husband type of thing, you know, mm. that type of thing. So that was an easy shift and that wasn't hard to, it's kind of like when I stopped flying because I, I flew off carriers for a while. You miss it, but then, hey, you can't go back there. And so mm-hmm. you retire and you miss it, but you can't go back. And, and it's, you know, it's just one of those things that it works out. So I'm very happy now. It, uh, I never had a big problem or issue leaving it because, you know, it's coming to an end. It's, it's not like it's, uh, I was very fortunate. I mean, I was a two-star admiral. I've got nothing to complain about. I mean, mm-hmm. once, I, once I got selected for my second star, I was a reservist. So I know my retirement date. <laughs> there is no three star. <laughs> so, you know, okay. <laughs> Life is good. I've got three years. That's great. <laughs> I love that. It's like, you, you know, when you've sort of hit the ceiling and now you can anticipate like your transition. And I like hearing that because, you know, I think very often when we talk to guests on our show, there's always that kind of loom and gloom of transition, but I'm happy to hear that at least for you, like you knew, you knew it was around the corner. Well, and you're going to have transition sometime. Mm-hmm. So hurry up and do it. <laughs> I love it. The, I love um, the attitude. Scott, you seem like a very happy person. <laughs> you know, you seem, at least seem very grateful, you know, and, and appreciative of your life. And, you know, just hearing the story about, I mean, first of all, how you've been married for 40 years. Congratulations. That is older than me, just so you know, my age. <laughs> I'm not, I'm I figured like, you're about the age of my daughter. 33? <laughs> yeah, she's 34. You know, oh, well, thank you for... Assuming I was in my 30s, I often get mistaken for my young 20s or something, which I don't I don't mind that either. But I think it's amazing that you're in this great place in life. And I think this is, to me, why you're so eager and willing to work with veteran business owners and create things And as you go, because there's just that, I don't know, it just seems that there's that spirit of gratitude for your life that you can do that and you can kind of just show up as you are and fail forward in a sense, uh, working with other veteran business owners. And it's something that I appreciate and admire in hearing your story. Yeah, and it's, you know, you shouldn't be afraid to fail. So, I mean, but it's in a controlled environment. So being a carrier aviator, we didn't want to fail. So, you know, but you always do things in a closely controlled thing. I was... I'm usually pretty successful, at least getting people that want to try something. But I had, I was, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a market 
she was a lady who was from Virginia Beach. She was a military spouse and she did quilting. She was really good. She had all these table runners and such stuff. I said, hey, do you have any bourbon? <laughs> do you have any bourbon <laughs> themed fabric? Maybe we could do something with that. And I, maybe I just didn't explain it correctly. She didn't seem interested in <laughs> or quilting so, and bourbon. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, because she can make a bunch of, uh, you know, I mean, people like, you know, I mean, people like stuff with bourbon. I'm just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And I have people, in fact, if any of people who listen to your podcast, because this is a thank you too for what you're doing. This is a great forum and it's a great podcast. And it's a testament that you've been on here, you know, 15 months. So thank you very much for doing it. If people have an idea that they want to collaborate with a bourbon distillery, just get in touch with me. I love it. So in addition to everything we shared so far, Scott, are there any other tips you want to give to uh, veteran business owners or aspiring veteran business owners, I want to add? Yeah, yeah. there's probably a few in here. The, The first one that comes to mind is to be a lifelong learner. Yeah, again, the, the military teaches you a lot of things, but not in the structure of an entrepreneur, mm. not in the structure of a startup. So you need to go to, I mean, I paid to go to social media training because I'm an old guy. I don't know anything <laughs> about Facebook, but I'm not ashamed. I'm the oldest one in the class by 30 years, you know, but you got to learn about this stuff. You know, you have to see how does this work? What's the process to make it happen? And then, uh, so you still need to keep learning all the time. And things do change. So you can't just pick it up on your own. You need other people to help you. You need to go to some formal training and you need to experiment. You need to try things out and not worry about if it fails. I mean, Mm -hmm. okay, so that doesn't work. Won't do that again type of thing. Yeah. My other question for you, Scott, in what you shared, are there any collaborations you've done with other business owners that you haven't shared yet that has been one of your favorite collaborations? Well, I think the one that I really, well, the 700 mile on our bourbon is awesome because it's, I'm a pilot as bourbon. Oh man, that's just way cool. We did do a collaboration where we put rum on the USS Constellation up in Baltimore mm-hmm. Harbor. So it's always moving. And then we donate back to the ship. So we don't pay it back because I don't think we're going to be in the black for a couple more years because making bourbon is an expensive endeavor. But we, put, we call it paying forward because we do a lot of charity things, collaboration where it costs the 700 mile an hour bourbon. That's not a cheap way of making bourbon. And then doing things on the ship up there, we donate back to the ship with that product. But it creates something that nobody's ever done. It's interesting when you get the state comptroller has to go inspect the hold of the constellation because that is now your approved bonded warehouse for your distillery. <laughs> that, what I, I just love the fact he had to inspect the hold of an 1852 ship. <laughs> My goodness. It just, and then we have some, you know, the ones I really enjoy are people who, you know, I kind of give them an idea and I don't, I'm not saying my ideas are good and they change them around and do something completely different. So I have a lady here in Pax River. She has a company called uh, Intoxication. Mm. And so she makes these little bunt kind of cakes. But when you cook with alcohol, it, you know, it's a different kind of cooking because alcohol burns off at 183. So you, you don't want to cook it too much because there's no alcohol left. So they're just the way that it's the chemistry in cooking there. 
So she's taken our products and put them in her little cakes. I love, boy, those are really good. And wow. the Semper Savage thing is cool too. Yeah, no, that is all really cool stuff. And again, it's like in spirit of community and collaboration and seeing what could be created as a result of that. Oh man, I love the lifelong learner tip. Again, back to being a teacher, that is something that is always near and dear to my heart. And, you know, as somebody who's been in the military community now for close to 15 years, like that to me is one of the best things to come out of this lifestyle because you're constantly asked to change, to move, to relocate, to, Mm -hmm. you know, even though my husband's done the same job since like had the same MOS, if you will, since 2010, like every time he moves to a different command, it's a little bit different iteration. And the same for me as a spouse, like we moved to a different area and like you have to have that spirit of lifelong learning in order to live this life well. And so I think that's a great tip that even as you transition out of the military, like keep that spirit that you had to have with you to do all of those years of service is a great one. And I just, again, history nerd, love teaching history was my most favorite thing. So I had actually seen that piece on the constellation on their website and I could not love that more. Like that for me is even cooler than the 700 mile an hour bourbon. Like (laughs) as cool as I think that would have been to see, like knowing that you put something on a ship that's been around since 1852, that like is, you know, still around from the U S Navy is just such a fun thing to me. And so like such a cool idea. Like how did you come around to like, Hey, we should put this on a ship. Well, there's a bourbon called Jefferson's Ocean. And what they do is they put bourbon on oceanographic research and they send them around the world. It's, it's really good bourbon, by the way. And so I said, well, why can't we do this in America? Mm. Well, because you need, because depends on the state you live in. They have to permit it. You, it has to be in a bonded federal warehouse. And so I went to the state I'm the, by the way, I'm the chairman of the Board of Historic Ships in Baltimore. So I said, hey, I'm going to donate back to the ship, but can I borrow the hold for a year and, <laughs> and have it down there? And once this state understood that, well, I told him, no other state has done this. So mm-hmm. let's have Maryland be in the front. You know, any state could do this, but mm-hmm. I'm the only one who has a permit to age alcohol on a ship in America. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And an airplane too. So it's, it's one of those things where you just, I don't really have any good ideas. That's why I need to collaborate and talk to other people. And then you come up with them. And most people, you know, there's no proprietary mash bill and all this stuff. I could take your recipe for bourbon and your recipe for bread and they'd all be different because it's your process. It's like your grandmother's cookie recipe. Mm-hmm. It depends on how you make them. Mm. You know, it's not the ingredients, it's how you make it. You know, you know, do you chill the dough first or do you put, you know, do you put it out of the bowl? On it? You know, it, there's all these little nuances and like our warehouse, our rick house where we store is at sea level about two miles from the water. So it's very humid. So it's more like a Scottish dunnage house. So we don't get a lot of angel sharers, they call it. We don't get a lot of, we get we do lose some on the inside, but we gain water because of the humidity here. So it just, it just creates a different terroir, a different flavor for the bourbon. Yeah, wonderful. 
As we start to wrap up here, Scott, I'm curious to know if there's anything else you want to share about your company, about Tobacco Barn Distillery. I'll tell something, not about the company, but let me, Jenny Lynn hit something on when I said about lifelong learning. I'm going to use my VA benefits to go to college next semester. <laughs> in 20, yeah. So wow. the University of Louisville has a distillery course. <laughs> so I just think that's kind of cool that, you know, you got to work with the university, you got to talk to the VA, is this a lot of this, that? And so I think that's just kind of one of those things, hey, there's a lot of benefits we have as veterans and veteran families that you can use. So take advantage of them. You know, if, if it falls, yep. don't do them just to do it. Right. But this, hey, this falls in line. I, you know, I never thought I'd be, I never thought I'd be going to school with the VA, but here I am 64 years old and I'm going to be going to school with the VA. Oh, I think that's so fun. And to do something that like is right up your alley. I, it's funny. I love being a lifelong learner through going to the library and getting books that I want to read. My husband has often asked if I would like to be part of his post 9-11 GI Bill and go back. And I'm like, yeah, having to do research for other people at this point <laughs> in my life is not high on my list, but I never want to lose that inquisitive like mind of like just learning about other people, places and things. And if I were to ever be truly entrepreneurial, what a hard word to say. Great. <laughs> you know, and have the opportunity to go back like that is so cool that you get to go to the University of Louisville for bourbon distillery. <laughs> Who knew? So fun. The other thing there's there's a lot of, especially when you get to startups and entrepreneurs, there's a lot of groups now that are out there that are helping out. And don't be afraid of, you know, it's some of it's networking, some of it's about getting good ideas. So I get on a lot of these things because it can be a time sump too. So you got to be a little selective, but then you try out, see which ones works for you. There's a thing they have in Washington, D.C. called Burbiz, B-O-U-R-B-I-Z. And it's held up at the... <laughs> the casino in Maryland up there at National Harbor. But they just use that as a tagline to get people together. And they'll get, well, this is pre-COVID, they'll get 500 people, all wow. veterans, all work. And, and, and they do awards, they do, and it's all kind of networking, helping out, hey, are you doing this? And they'll showcase certain uh, companies and those type of things. So it depends on where you are. There's always groups popping up that you can affiliate with. So I, th I think that's just something that, I mean, yeah, I know most people listen to your podcast are probably aware of this, but some may not be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's worth mentioning and also just sharing, you know, in your perspective, what it looks like to network and put yourself out there. I'm still like fixated on the idea, like on you sharing earlier that you were like the oldest student in your social media class. <laughs> and I think it's just, again, a testament to how humble you are, I think, and how open and willing you are to, you know, learn and collaborate and create with people. And I just really appreciate that spirit. And it gets me to think about why I've been an entrepreneur for the last decade. I go back to the first 10 years of being a military child, you know, moving every two to three years and, you know, always having to start over and reinvent. And it's kind of crazy how that had translated to my adult life, because that's basically what I've done. <laughs> and even in the last 10 years of my adult life, having been self-employed and going through different iterations of business, but not having any shame in that, 
because of, I guess, again, the spirit of our community and being able to just like, and what you said earlier, like, it's okay to fail because it's one, you should be okay with failure because it could be the stepping stone to the next, you know, big idea, the next business. And so, you know, and hearing your story and hearing where you are now and you're in your sixties and you're still open to learning, it's, your story is just very inspiring for me. And I imagine to our listeners, it'll be as inspiring as well. I do have a, one more question I want to ask you as we wrap up here. And, you know, our show, as you know, is called Holding Down the Fort. And our show really speaks toward military spouses and families who are, you know, shameless plug, holding down the fort for, you know, our service member. But I'm curious to know, when you hear the phrase, holding down the fort, what comes to mind for you? I think exactly what you talked about. You know, so, you know, being a, you know, I'd go on cruise for six months at a time. You know, my, my wife had to hold down the fort. I mean, she mm-hmm. had the kids, the dog, and, you know, her parents didn't understand this mm. because even when I was shore based in Virginia beach, if a hurricane came, I mean, I got in the airplane and flew to a place that was safe and I left my family in Virginia beach. So, cause she had to hold down the fort and yeah. you know, this is in the early eighties, but mm. there wasn't a lot of people looking out for your wife. back then. Mm. It was just, Hey, you know, why a con Dios? I hope you make it. And so you know, and we, we would call and and I'd make sure she got out of there or she would go to her parents in West Virginia or someplace. But, mm. you know, people don't realize, man, it's, you really do have to hold down the fort. You have to be, I'll tell you, I went to sea the first time and I haven't seen my checkbook since. So my <laughs> wife has had the finances since. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, you know, I think I get paid. I'm not so sure. My wife runs all the finances in this family. Now, with that, I told her, I said, okay, you have to do the income taxes. I'm not doing them. So she does the income taxes too. So, but I mean, she'd never run, you know, that kind of stuff before, but she picked it all up. I mean, there's something about the DNA of a military spouse where you, you may not know it, but it gets dumped in your lap and you'll figure it out. And Jenny Lynn here is nodding for our listeners. That is a fact. That is, yeah. that is a fact. <laughs> we have One a very similar checkbook story here at the Stroop House. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Congrats to you and, you know, your wife for having been together for so long and for honoring her and bringing her up today in our conversation. And yeah, I mean, I, I think we had a really good talk today. I, I feel really good and, and inspired by you, Scott. I'm curious to know, other than people visiting your website, tobaccobarndistillery.com, are there other ways you would like for people to get a hold of you if they want to reach out? Yeah, we have, I forgot, this is some pretty exciting news. So due to, they've changed some of the laws, I think by Christmas, I'm going to be able to mail our alcohol to military bases, UPS. So I'm, in fact, I was on with UPS yesterday. We have all the authorities uh, put in there and it's, I'm gonna do a trial run because they can mail, if somebody either lives on a base or if there's a UPS store at the military installation, we'll be able to mail to it. So wow. I have a classmate of mine who lives near Nellis Air Force Base in Las Vegas. They have a UPS store, so we're gonna do the test run of this. And if that works, we'll be able to mail to any Navy base or any military base in the U.S. I think at least the continental U.S. I'm not sure if Alaska and Hawaii are. Well, that is really exciting. That is very exciting. Yeah, that is very cool. So we're going to have to stay in touch with you, Scott, and stay connected. 
And as you mentioned earlier, if you are looking to collaborate with us and bring on other veteran business owners to share their story, just so you know, that invitation is open to you. I often encourage Jenny Lynn to bring people in her network. And that's really what we do here. We kind of just word of mouth it. (laughs) For sure. And then once we're done here, you two get together, see if I pass the interview stage, and I'll let you know about this agriculture project I'm working on. And maybe we can do a podcast together. Yeah. But only if you approve to make sure I, I, <laughs> I make the grade. Cool, cool. Well, Jenny, Lynn, and I will have a, have a discussion. Yeah, you have a, <laughs> we'll have a you team meeting. my scoring sheet. <laughs> I love it. Well, Scott, thank you so much for being here. And Jenny, Lynn, I'm curious to see if you had any final thoughts or comments you want to share with Scott before we go. No, this has been a joy on a Thursday afternoon. It was much needed. I agree. I agree for sure. Awesome. Well, very nice to meet both of you. Thank you very much. Likewise. Absolutely. And of course, to our listeners, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, you can reach out to Scott at his website, tobaccobarndistillery.com. We'll also have his other contact information in the show notes for you. Until then, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. We hope that you enjoyed today's conversation. Get access to our show notes and subscribe to our newsletter by checking out the details of this episode on your preferred podcasting platform or visit our website, holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. And while you're on holdingdownthefortpodcast.com, be sure to follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or our YouTube channel. If you got a lot of value from today's conversation, kindly leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or leave us a recommendation on our LinkedIn profiles. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time.